When I first started this show, some of my closest friends asked me, can we listen with our kids? And I said, absolutely. But if there ever is a show that you might not want your kids to listen to, or at least you'd want to listen to it first to see, then I said, I'd let you know. And this is that show with Dwight Bain. We're talking about secret sin. And even though everything we talk about are really things you can find throughout the Bible, uh, you may not be ready to talk to your kids about some of these things just yet. So I just wanted to give you a heads up. This is this, this, this is this is life. 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 This is life with Lisa Williams. Whenever Dwight Bain is on the show, he loves it. If we imagine we're at a coffee shop together, me and you and him, and we're just friends and we're chatting and we're just being together. So let's spend some time with counselor, executive life coach, author, speaker, and our friend, Dwight Bain. How are you today, Dwight? I am um, just really have that sense of peace of knowing that um, a lot of good things are happening. A lot of a uh, lot of wisdom, a lot of insight from seeing terrible things and figuring out, nah, God's bigger than that. Yeah, it, yeah. it's the weirdest thing. You know, I'm sure you've heard of people taking like a Facebook fast. Yeah, uh, I've turned off media. I don't know how long I'll do it, but um, not keeping up with the news, and that's unbelievably hard for me because yeah. inquiring minds want to know. Yeah, and somebody challenged me at church the other day. How does knowing all of those things on the news help you? And I thought, I hate it when people ask me intelligent questions like that. <laughs> That's what you do all the time. <laughs> well, I know, but I hate it when they do it to me. Right. You know, it's not a problem when I do it to them. It's like, you know, hey, you know, it, you, know you want to draw first blood. You want to get that first shot out. And, and I thought, I couldn't answer the question. Yeah. So to know who won a ball game or to know what some terror cell group did, or right. to know what some politician right. said, or some celebrities know. you know, in rehab. And I thought, why do I care? I know. It never stops either. It never satisfies. No. You never get to the end of it. It's just another thing, and then another thing, and then another thing, and then everybody's opinions yep. about it. And it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And it's the weirdest thing. So I'm a couple of days into not knowing what's happening in the world, and I slept better, huh. and I feel better. Huh. And so... I have no idea how many baby seals were run over, and, 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 and I have no idea about the bad things in the world. It's really good. You know, it, it could be perhaps classified as an addiction, you know, where it's like, I have to turn on my computer. I have to pick up my phone. I have to turn no, on the I've TV. You know, I really do want to know what's going on. And then, you know, I'm, I mean, like, because in 12 Steps, the they imply everyone has addictions. I'm also reading a book at the same time as doing a 12 steps program by Richard Rohr called Breathing Underwater. And he just point at point blank says, everyone is an addict. We're all addicted to something. Something. Yeah. Whether it's even your self-righteous thoughts that you're not an addict, that could be an addiction. I think that's why reality TV shows are so popular because reality TV is kind of based on the concept of my life may be screwed up, <laughs> but it's not as screwed up <laughs> as the people on that show, right? Absolutely, and so absolutely. That's kind of the underlying premise of, you know, what my dating life may suck, but compared to the people on that, you yeah. know, that Bachelor show, it's like, man, they are messed up. And and see what that the psychological dynamic underneath that is. I'm better than them. Yeah. I'm better than them, you know, 
with all you know, pick, pick whatever genre. I'm better than them. And this group over here, you know, they work out more. And this group over here eat more fried stuff. And this group over here go hunting more. And this group over here, you know, flip houses. But you know, know, at the end of the day, I'm better than they are. Yeah, for real. Which is hypocrisy. I think that's an addiction. This addiction of I'm, I judge everyone all the time. I'm better than everybody. I'm better than everyone. Well, it's it's hypocrisy, but maybe it's even more. um, It's a lie. It's just a self. Oh, what is it? What what lies behind that? I need to feel better than everybody. It's an insecurity that we don't matter. Uh, well, see, that, and I think that that I think you're onto something because, Lisa, I think it it, it comes down to I don't want to deal with the hard work of the stuff in my own life. So if I can sit here and <laughs> see somebody on their fifth, you know, failed rehab or their ninth marriage. Or the you know they're they're drunk and they're arrested, then I don't have to deal with my life, and and the reality is you're never going to meet that celebrity. You're just you know casting judgment on them. And remember, I can look at somebody's life and say, wow, you know you know judge them. Well, you you get judged by the same standard. And so if I'm going to be harsh with someone else, then I, I'm I'm asking God to be harsh with me. And I'd found this wonderful book about somebody who'd come um, who'd had a a successful life until it crashed, and he went into an alcohol rehab program. And I found it by accident. And it was about a movie star named Rob Lowe, who many people remember because he was part of the original yeah. Hollywood Brat Pack. The Brat Pack, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, St. Elmo's Fire, I was a kid, loved it so much. Yep. Rob Lowe. all that. And then did yeah, he Rob crash? Lowe. He crashed, right? Well, he, he, he crashed. He made a bunch of bad decisions sexually. Uh-huh. And some of those were filmed with underage people, uh-huh. got in a bunch of trouble. And then he made, uh, he kept hiding from all of the pain of his mom's three marriages and divorces, his dad's two marriages and divorces, and, and just being the oldest child carrying all this family baggage. And he would always medicate from the time he was a, a middle teenager with alcohol. Uh-huh. And he just kept medicating with more alcohol and more sex, more alcohol, more sex. So anyway, he crashes. And in the process, he met a woman who had the courage to say, I don't care who you are. You can't treat me that way. And she broke up with him. And then through a series of events, something didn't work out. And he's got some legal things happening. So he goes to rehab. And he does the 12 steps. He still goes to AA weekly. For years, he went to AA every day, seven days a week. Uh-huh. And he started working his program to be able to say, you know what? I'm just a wounded kid carrying my, my parents' divorce baggage and trying to somehow measure up. I can't help that I look a certain way, but I can decide to be real. Instead of, he had this, this in this uh, book, it's called Stories I Only Tell My Friends. The cool thing about it is to hear someone who just celebrated 25 years of marriage and who's been faithful and who's raised two kids who are now in college, to hear somebody who's been very successful in his career, but to say, my greatest success is 25 years of marriage. I just want to be a normal guy from Ohio who's a dad and a faithful husband, and who has a job I enjoy, but at the end of the day, I'm going to take less risks in my personal life and more risks in my professional life. I didn't know this. He worked on the West Wing at the lowest rate an actor can be paid because he just liked the script. And in four seasons, he was never given a raise because they said, no, no, you you, you signed on, you were willing to work for the lowest SAG rate, good. Well, we're going to keep you there. Even though the other cast members got very wealthy, he said, you know, this is good for me. It's okay. 
It's humbling. Life doesn't always have to yeah. go your way. It was really interesting because the guy, the Brad Pack guy, I never paid attention to. I didn't kind of care for those movies, and and, and I, I still haven't seen most of them um, that that he was in during that era of his life because those kind of movies weren't interesting to me. The second half, the guy on the other side of rehab, the guy who's in a long term. Uh, faithful marriage, the guy who just, his greatest joy is his kids, I thought, I would like to hang out with him. Because to talk to people who've been humbled, yeah, yeah, right. people who've been healed, people who've been restored, there's a, they, they don't have the, 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 the mojo, the moxie, the I'm better than you, they don't have to put on airs, they just are who they are. It's a much, you know, the, there's an old saying, Lisa, being comfortable in their own skin. I like being around people like that because mm-hmm. I want to be like that. Me too. I want to be able to say, man, Jesus Christ has saved me from so much mm-hmm. stuff. Right. And I'm not going to throw rocks at anybody because I know they could pick them up and throw them back. I'm just a sinner saved by grace and Jesus Christ changed my life. Yep. Me too. And has given me the freedom to be able to say to other people, are you screwed up? Yeah, me too. Me too. Let's hang out. Yeah, that's really good. I'm sitting here and thinking about someone I know who has gone through um, quite a humbling process and um, was just sharing with me recently, you know, I had a six-figure job at one time in my life. I was really celebrated in ministry, and um, he cleans toilets right now at a store um, because he's trying to figure out what he's supposed to do next. And he said, it's very humbling, and then he laughed, (laughs) and he brought up the story of the guy who wrote The Shack whose name yeah, yeah. alludes me at the moment. Paul Young. Yeah, he brought up yeah, Paul, Paul Young. Young. He goes, it's like I'm Paul Young. You know, it's like hey, I'm he was just... a janitor. Yeah, you go from Paul Young who wrote The Shack. If you ever watch his testimony, you know, you know, uh, he basically was hiding all of his pain from his childhood, and he acted out and medicated also with a lot of sexual activity and just lied to his wife and lied to people. And then the process of coming... To Christ. I think that's what it is. It's like, you know, that's the thing. It's like, it's Jesus. It's really Jesus. And he's the model of humility. And it's not this fake stuff of hypocrisy. Like I have a secret life and I'm going to pretend like I'm so all that. And it's actually so much more beautiful to see the person on the other side of that and go, wow, look what God is doing in your life. And so you're not celebrated. So you're not cool. So you don't make six figures. So blah, blah, blah. You're cooler than you ever were when you were that fake person. You know, I'll, I'll share this because I think it's important. Um, back you know, when before we had kids and HBO and Cinemax and all that stuff was coming out, Showtime, we, you know, I got, oh, man, let's just get this bundle and this bundle. And they always gave you a special. And there were movies that I watched that were, that were horrible, demeaning to women, inappropriate. And I'd sit and watch them, and Sheila would say, I can't watch this. And I'd say, well, I'm going to finish the movie. I want to see how it ends up. And I put so much garbage, raw sewage, into my mind, it messed with me. And so now we have no pay services on our cable. And on the pay-per-view movies and stuff, there's a passcode, and I don't know what it is. And I haven't known what it is since I heard a pastor about 15 years ago, and he was probably 70 years old. And he stood up in front of thousands of people, 5,000 people in this service. It was live on ABC. And he said, I just want everybody to know I was on a trip, and I watched one of those inappropriate movies out of curiosity, and I feel so guilty and bad. Would you all please pray for me to not be so weak? And, and the next time I'm traveling, I'm going to put a blanket over the TV because I don't want to be tempted. And he asked 5,000 people in a live audience, 
and everybody who was watching live on ABC television to pray for him. And I've known him through the years, and I said, has that prayer worked? He said, yeah, I've not been tempted, because I took this secret yeah. out in the open, and I told, and I asked people to pray, and so that was the week that I shared with some people in my life, you know what, would you guys pray for me? Because I don't want to put raw sewage into my mind. And, yeah. and that was when I stopped having passwords for things, uh, I mean, where I had the password. And so everything's password protected, so I'm not distracted. So I know that I'm a weak person. Yeah, yeah. And as a weak person, I don't want to have the key to anything. I just want to read and study and learn some things and add some value and maybe help a few people because I know how weak I am. So did you, yeah, I was about to say, you just told us one of your weaknesses, didn't you? You just basically told us one of your weaknesses. I mean, like, really, that was very vulnerable. And thank you. So many people in positions of authority that that kept curious, dark secrets. Yeah. And the secrets destroyed them and destroyed their lives. And so, you know, there, there's no secret that Dwight's a weak person. Yeah. And, and I yeah. need a lot of prayer and yeah. I need a lot of Jesus because I know how weak I am. Yeah. And then um, because we're just sitting at the table talking, you know, just all of us here as friends, my thought is that the sin that has destroyed them, that it can be the beginning of them becoming who they really are. It could. Yeah, because I feel what keeps people in the lies is the fear of, well, if you really knew, you know, this is what causes people to jump out of windows because they can't face the truth. And, you know, I... I just wish that I could look someone in the eye and just like hold them by the shoulders and say, you can make it through the truth. You can keep living and you can become who you actually really are. Not the person who white knuckles against sin and hides all this, the stuff and pretends. You can actually become who you are, who God made you to be, but it's going to take a lot of work and it's going to be yeah. very, very hard. So even for someone who looks at the people who are public, who fall and think, well, they're destroyed. I just want to make that suggestion of it could be the beginning of someone becoming who they actually were yeah. meant to be. The, the secrets are are out. I know somebody that's close to a um, a religious leader who has been in the news in the last couple of weeks. And I said, man, that must have been a really rough day because, I mean, it was just a kind of a, a bloodbath about what a hypocrite this person was and smearing his name all over television, all over the Internet. And he said, no. He said he's actually relieved that yeah. all the secrets are out. Boom. There it is. And I thought, man, that's exactly right. Because once you get all the secrets out, once you're able to say, I have this hidden sin. Here it is, God. Please help me. Now it's not a secret. Now yeah. we can do something about it. And now it has no power over you. But as long as somebody is holding the secret inside... The thing I love about Scripture is that it's so gritty and earthy and, and yeah. real. When you look back into uh, the Old Testament, when Joshua's coming into the promised land with the children of Israel, they are rescued by a woman plainly identified as a prostitute. Her name was Rahab, and she was a harlot. She was a whore. She was a prostitute. And, and she's in the direct lineage of Jesus Christ. And when you start to look into the lineage of Christ, there are five women listed. And remember, this was at a time when you didn't list women in genealogies because they weren't deemed as important. And in the lineage of Jesus Christ, our Savior, there's five women listed. His mom, Mary, 
and then you start to look, and there's Bathsheba um, with King David, mm-hmm. because Bathsheba's second child's name was Solomon. Mm-hmm. There's, of course, Rahab. There's a woman named Tamar who had sex with her father-in-law and got pregnant. Holy cow. And you thought your in-laws at Thanksgiving had some odd customs. <laughs> and Don't you just love the Bible? It's like, well, right? wow. David killed, Man. David killed Bathsheba's husband. Bathsheba's I mean, husband. Like, there's so much scandal because it's called humanity. It's called this is life. This is, this is where we live. And so, so don't hide your sin. No, Come on, and and, and just, don't think that you're the first person yeah. who had some weird sexual thing or had some big cover-up secret. This isn't new stuff, but the same thing that worked thousands of years ago that freed those women is the same thing that frees me and you and everybody else. Jesus is not mad at you. He died for you, but he wants you to walk in freedom, and the only way you can do that is to be able to to open up and say, yeah. secrets, no more. I'm yeah. not going to carry this. This is my weakness. This is my fear. This is my insecurity. I'm not going to carry it. And the more you do that, and the more you feed that new decision, here's what happens. You'll get a power inside. You'll get a peace inside. And then when there's an opportunity for you to judge, to be harsh, to be hateful, to say, oh, can you believe what this person said? And you'll you'll... You'll immediately think, oh, I'm no better. Mm-hmm. Let's go help them. Why would we judge them in gossip? That doesn't make any sense. Right, because, I, because I'm no better. That's it. That we don't throw stones. We search our own hearts. We walk in righteousness, but we don't become self-righteous. We realize it's only by the grace of God. And then we, we grow closer to Him, therefore bringing the fragrance of heaven to earth. These are the things I want to keep talking about with you in the future. Okay, like Dwight? It. Okay. I like it a lot. Okay, so DwightBain.com, um, or you can just link to Dwight at LifeWithLisaWilliams.com. Thank you for being my guest today, Dwight. Love you a bunch. I love you more, so there. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> thank you to Jason Rakow for making today's show sound great. Thank you to um, Melanie Moritzky, who takes care of things behind the scenes. It's like herding cats working with me, so thank you, Melanie, for your patience and love. <laughs> and also thank you to executive producer Paul. There wouldn't be a show without him, Goldsmith. Uh, hashtag thanks for listening. You know, it's really true that these conversations, they're just good for the soul, and how wonderful that maybe they're helping some other people too. Yeah, they're helping me and you. They're helping me and you, that's for sure.